Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast on this beautiful Wednesday. Darren Mitchell here, the 29th of September, 2021. Another hump day. Jeez, hump day comes around really quickly. Trust wherever you are in the world, you have enjoyed, so far, a phenomenal and highly productive week. And in today's episode, I want to talk about conflict and how conflict is inevitable. Ran a uh, ran a workshop yesterday for a small organization, but it was phenomenal because I had some really, really engaged people that were... Uh, conflicted and looking for strategies, looking for ways to deal with conflict in their particular marketplace. Uh, a really, really fascinating conversation. So I thought I'd just summarize a few things we talked about yesterday and hopefully this will be of value to you because one of the things that uh, we talked about yesterday is that there are many, many things in leadership that uh, can be unpredictable. Uh, you can have unpredictable customers, you can certainly have unpredictable partners, uh, you can certainly have unpredictable <laughs> executives, but also if you think about it, sometimes your own team and your individuals within your team can also be unpredictable as well. But out of all that, there's probably one thing that is quite predictable and I would dare say inevitable, and that is there will be conflict. And why is that? Well, because we are dealing with human beings. And if you think about it, people are different. Now, I've banged on for years now about the the importance of, certainly as a leader, creating a multi-dimensional team and not a singular singular one-dimensional team, which I often see happen, where a leader will bring in people who are very much like themselves because, as you know, the birds of a feather always flock together and it's very easy for sales leaders in particular to build a team around them with people who are very much like them. Now, in those sort of situations, uh, even though uh, they're very, very similar, it can also cause some significant problems and conflict is inevitable there because you're going to have... A, a dysfunctional team because there's not variety and there's certainly not different perspectives. So we're not really challenging each other to get to get better because we're not dealing with people who are fundamentally different to us and who are looking at things differently to us. So when you build a multi-dimensional team, uh, which more and more sales leaders are now doing, thankfully, because they recognize that people are different and people have different uh, opinions, different backgrounds, different experiences, different perspectives, that if you throw these into the mix, it actually can lead to a really well-functioning team if you've got a leader who knows what they're doing. Uh, conflict will be inevitable, but there's a difference between poor conflict and great conflict. And interestingly, talking to a lot of leaders, many of them look to avoid conflict at all costs, and they try to make things perfect, and they don't realize that there is some constructive conflict that is in place, and if it's if it's a great culture and you've got people... Uh, moving in the right direction, knowing what they stand for, knowing what the values of the team are, and knowing what the vision and mission is, then conflict within the team is actually a positive thing because it enhances people's ability to think for themselves and also make contributions to the overall greater good of the team as well, which enables everybody to grow. So if you look at Pat Lencioni's five dysfunction of a team, the, the, bottom, the bottom foundation is an absence of trust, which then leads to a fear of conflict. If you've got a team that is based on a foundation of great levels of trust, so people do trust each other, the leader is trusted and the, and the leader trusts their team, then you've also all of a sudden created a platform where conflict is actually healthy because what you're doing is you've created an environment where healthy and robust conversation 
is is not only accepted, it's demanded. And so you start talking about ideas and differences of opinion, if you like, or different perspectives, but it's all geared around the intention of helping the team get better. And that's an example of positive intention. And so we want to talk about today, and this is what I talked about yesterday with the team, is conflict is not a bad thing. Uh, and you will have situations where, you know what, as, as much as you would like to have everybody on the same page, there will be elements of uh, conversations and situations and certainly relationships where conflict is not necessarily constructive. It could potentially be destructive. So how do we deal with that? And when there is a conflicting situation, how do we actually lean in and really look forward to uh, creating a solution for this conflict and getting to an outcome? Uh, versus sitting back and allowing that conflict to continue potentially and get out of out of control, and all of a sudden, what started off as a little um, a little say grain of sand in the sand shoe becomes a full blown boulder that is very very difficult to move. So we want to be able to avoid that at all costs. And we we're talking about some ways to do this. And there's a four step model I want to share with you today that uh, I shared with the guys yesterday, which is a very simple way to resolve any sort of conflict in four simple steps. But before we do that, there are five styles that we talked about also in resolving conflict, which is according to Thomas Kilman, uh, which is a couple of dudes that many years ago created based on a huge amount of research, the Thomas Kilman Conflict Mode Instrument, or the TKI. And it's a great, uh, it's a great way to just to get a bit of an insight in terms of how people approach conflict and what sort of strategies they use in order to create an outcome and resolve conflict in hopefully the most productive way possible. And it's based on two key dimensions. One is a level of cooperativeness and how cooperative is the person in this conflict resolution situation and also how assertive are they. And depending on your personal style, you'll probably have a preferred style when it comes to conflict resolution. But that's not to say you can't use any of the others, uh, other four in relation to the situation you find yourself in to try and get the best outcome possible. And so at a really high level, you've got the competing style, which is somebody who is quite um, uncooperative and very assertive, and they're typically going to be looking at things from their own perspective. And this is a situation where they're wanting to win and probably at your expense. And so there'll be a competing one. So if something's really, really important to you, you'll probably use a competing style to try and win the argument and then uh, resolve the conflict that way. On the other end of the scale, you've got somebody who is quite accommodating, and this accommodating type of person is very, very cooperative, but not as assertive. So they could be even unassertive. Some would even say these people are yes type people. All they want to do is they want to maintain the relationship and hopefully have a cordial relationship, but people can certainly take advantage of them, particularly if you've got somebody who is competing in the situation to try and resolve the conflict because they're just going to be looking at what's in it for them. Uh, you've got people who are quite um, unassertive and uncooperative, and they tend to avoid the conflict situation at all. So it's not really uh, resolving the conflict. They will rather avoid it. Now, this style tends to accept decisions even without question, and they'll avoid confrontation at all, at all costs, and they'll try and uh, delegate or deflect responsibility for making decisions and certainly taking on, on tasks and so forth in any conflict resolution process. So really, they've got a, a quite a passive approach. If there was one approach that I think works best of all, and, and this is we, we talk about this in negotiations as well, it'll be the collaboration approach where you're assertive and you're cooperative, but you're there focusing on win-win outcomes. You're looking at what your needs are, what your concerns are, but also considering what the needs and concerns of the other party is as well. And together, hopefully collaborating with an, to get an outcome that uh, is, is a win for both parties. And then you've got the compromising type person who is... The person that literally sits on the fence, they're quite intermediate when it comes to assertiveness and cooperativeness, 
they kind of fall in the middle ground between competing and accommodating, but each person gives up something. So it's almost like a transaction. If you want this, I'll give you that. Uh, for me to give you that, you need to give me something. So it's a bit of a bit of a negotiation around around a transactional type level when it comes to conflict nego- conflict resolution. Uh, not as effective, but there may be some situations where you might need to compromise, particularly if um, a decision needs to be made sooner rather than later, or you need to get a quick win on the board in order to get to the next step if you've got a fairly elongated process to go through. So there are five, just really high level, five uh, different types of styles that people can use. But as I shared with the team yesterday, one of the things in any situation, whether it be sales or in leadership or just general uh, general conflict, is you've got to be really, really clear on what your outcome is. What does an ideal outcome look like for you? Also figure out what does the outcome look like for the other person as well, so you can be really crystal clear on what success looks like. Uh, And you've got to be really clear on what your intention is, because if your intention is to win, then you might find yourself uh, demonstrating traits of a competing style where all you want to do is put put your case on the table and convince the other party as to why you're right and they're wrong. And you may not necessarily get a good outcome and also think about what sort of impact you're going to have on the relationship with this particular person or these these people because you've got to do business with them moving forward. Uh, You've also got to be conscious of the constant impression that we are creating. And so what is your intention and what is the outcome? Now, when it comes to the actual conflict resolution process as well, I share with the team a very, very simple process which only has four steps and it's an acronym which is O-P-E-N or open. Now, O is on the table and this is the first key part now we as i said we need to know what our clear outcome is what our intention is but the first part of this is get things on the table we've got to identify what is the position of the other person what is my position what are the perceptions that are in place what are the interests and needs of the other person what concerns do they have what goals do they have and what motivations do they have and what motivations do we have so getting things on the table think about this you can't resolve any problem or any conflict until you know exactly what you're dealing with. So the first step of the process, before we even go into solution mode, is to simply get as much information on the table as possible and be as clear and concise as we possibly can be and encourage people. So if you're in a situation where you're dealing with a conflict between two parties and you're mediating, it's really important that you actually mediate and give time and space for people to get as much information on the table as is required to then move into the next phase to then try and uh, formulate some sort of solution. So once you've got all the stuff on the table, we can go into the next one, which is P for put the problem into focus. This is, this is think about this, it's really about root cause analysis. So what is the problem? What is the real problem and what is the not problem? Is this a fully emotional problem and is the person who's putting things on the table around this conflict really doing things from a purely emotional sense or is there elements of fact in that? And so this part of the process is really clear on on how do I actually find out the root cause? I've got to be able to probe because problems are not always what they seem. And sometimes problems when they're articulated and put on the table, when you can ask questions and gain further understanding, and this is the other key point that we talked about as well, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, is we need to get better as leaders at, at seeking to understand first before we put any solutions in place because If we don't have a full understanding of all the facts, then sometimes any solution we put in place will not be the solution that is required. And so you'll be dealing with a completely different problem. 
So the P is put the problem into focus, get really crystal clear on what the problem is so that you can then move to the next phase and start creating that solution. So E in open is for exploring the options together. And the key part here is exploring options together because it all has to start with an intention. So if the intention from both parties is to resolve this conflict, then it's gonna be a lot easier to then put your heads together and start thinking about what are the options we can put on the table to then look at and maybe come up with a, a viable solution to resolve what we're talking about. If one of the parties is not intending to resolve the conflict, then hey, there's no point having the conversation because you'll just be applying lip service to this and you will not get a fundamental solution and certainly a solution that is gonna have any track uh, traction moving forward. So E, explore the options together. This is about just brainstorming ideas. What is the objective here? Well, it's quantity, not necessarily quality. And this is not about analyzing and working out whether this idea is gonna work or whether it's not gonna work. It's simply, okay, if we've got this problem, we've clearly articulated the problem now, what are the solutions or potential solutions we can look at? Now, once you've exhausted all possible scenarios and all possible solutions, then and only then can you sit back and say, okay, based on all the possible solutions, all the ideas we put on the table, let's evaluate these. Let's come up with a short list that we can then have a look at and really negotiate a solution, which is the final part of open, which is end for negotiate a solution. And the key thing here is always aim for a win-win because if you're resolving conflicts, you've got to make sure that both parties are going to be happy with the outcome, which stands to reason, therefore, you're going to be looking for a win-win outcome. So once you've gone through that process, the nine times out of 10, if the intention is there and the outcome is really clear, you will actually come up with a solution that is going to satisfy both parties. And guess what? You've just resolved the conflict. So a really, really simple four-step, but very powerful four-step model to resolve literally any form of conflict. And you know what? The simpler, the better. And the simpler, the more effective. So I trust that helps. It certainly helped the team yesterday. Got a lot out of it. And uh, they've even given me some feedback today to say we've already had a conversation with a particular individual and we had a really difficult uh, conflict to resolve, but we've making, we're making progress. We haven't yet finalized the, I guess, the solution, but we've certainly made positive progress. And it wasn't if it wasn't for that little model and the stuff we talked about yesterday, we would still be going around in circles, not getting any closer to a resolution. So I trust that message also helps you in your leadership capacity, because no doubt you've got some conflicting situations in front of you right now. And if you don't, you certainly will. Uh, so as a reminder also, if you'd like some help with your leadership, whether it be conflict resolution or certainly helping your sales team drive more exceptional results, how about we work together and help you do just that over the next 90 days and we can help you become an exceptional sales leader. Go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll jump on a call, have a conversation about what the program looks like and we can get started working together as early as the end of this week, uh, if not early next week. So I look forward to that conversation and as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.